Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio podcast with Ahmed Saqamini and Emil Ihsan Alexander Turabi. This is episode number 11 of season number 1. My name is Ahmed and I'm a researcher in atomic molecular optical physics, a spoken word artist and deeply committed to sharing the fundamental connection between science and spirituality with our community and beyond. Ihsan is a lifelong student of Islamic spirituality and the founder and creator of the highly acclaimed Islamic Meditation and Eternal Warrior Way programs. He is a spiritual coach, writer, and speaker committed to the evolution of consciousness within the global community. The Soul of Islam radio podcast is dedicated to sharing the deeper dimension of Islam and supporting your personal growth and spiritual development. Today's podcast is on spiritual asceticism, also known in the Islamic spiritual path as zuhd. There are many misconceptions and misunderstandings that surround this very concept. And in this episode, we will attempt to chip away these conceptions in hopes of getting a solid understanding of what zuhd really is. And of course, joining me is my good friend and brother Ihsan. Assalamu alaikum. Hello and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. As always, it's a pleasure to be here Ahmed with you and with our audience. We're truly grateful for all of you who are tuning in to the Soul of Islam radio and listening. Our community is in deep and dire need for an awakening, and we believe that spirituality, Islamic spirituality, really will be the key to this awakening within the Muslim ummah, within the Muslim world. That Islamic spirituality really will be the key to an Islamic renaissance. And zuhud is an extremely important topic. I'm really looking forward to getting into this discussion with you today, Ahmed. Likewise, brother Hassan, and I agree. The time is now, and if you are tuning in, you will feel that there is a revival on the horizon. It's coming, and it's coming fast. And before we begin, we would like to thank all of the listeners all over the world. who have been showing us love and support for the Soul of Islam radio. Thank you for all your ratings and your reviews and your warm heartfelt messages. And also thank you for sharing the Soul of Islam radio podcast with with your friends and your family and all of your loved ones. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire each and every one of us to reflect his light in this world. and in the next bismillah rahman rahim now subhanallah the arabic language is truly a divine language we have the concept of zuhd when we look at the word zuhd which is comprised essentially of three arabic letters zain ha and dal just saying the word letter by letter points to a deeper meaning a deeper essence Zain's begins in the front, ha goes to the back, inside, internal, and dal almost resembles the transformation, the manifestation of the state of zuhd in this world. Now the combination of these three letters is very powerful. We see layers upon layers of many meanings, each of which point to a different meaning, but collectively they all deliver 
the essence of what the word and the concept truly means. Now, in the Arabic language, zuhud is associated with things such as to refrain from doing something, the practice of not doing what you enjoy. What you enjoy means what your mind enjoys, what your ego, your nafs enjoys. To seize, stop, pause, end, keep away from, uh, retreat, withdraw, fall back, refuse, giving up something completely, asceticism, something that you don't want to do. Zuhid is also attributed with arousing one's distate for, to get rid of an interest and manage living without it, and also uh, attempt to turn away from and reclusion. So we see so many meanings that surround this very word, zuhud. But with any word, with any concept in Islam, we have to look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pointing to. Meaning we have to take this word in the light of Allah, the light of the Qur'an, in the light of the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And whatever that word reflects is what Allah is pointing to. Now, the first thing that comes to people's minds is the retreat of an individual from the world, from people, from relationships, from materialism. You know, you see that manifest on them with their clothes, with what they eat, with what they drive, where they live, and so forth. But here at the Soul of Islam Radio, we feel that there's something deeper to what Zuhd is. And upon our own reflections, you know, within ourselves and in the world, we felt that the root of Zuhd is essentially the lack of attachment to this world. And we are starting with this very idea because it is the very thing that comes to people's minds when they think of this very concept. We live in a world, we interact, we build a life, a career, a family, we're very much involved. So how can one be in this world yet have zuhud. In the beginning, it almost sounds like a contradiction, but it doesn't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وابتغي فيما أتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك ولا تبغي الفساد في الأرض إن الله لا يحب المفسدين that is from chapter 28, verse 77. And we would just like to point the listeners to a few things in this verse. Allah is saying, But seek through that which Allah has given you, the home of the hereafter. He is reminding you of the purpose. You're in this world, you're going to seek, but seek what is real. And yet, do not forget your share of the world. Again, He's reminding us of this very inequality within us. We are forgetful human beings. It is the root word of al-insan, to forget. So he's reminding us of this quality and he's saying, make sure to not forget your share in this world. Not to take from the world for the sake of taking, but to take, to use it as a bridge that will take you to the hereafter that he had mentioned. That purpose, that destination, that reality. And do good as Allah has done good to you. In the same way that Allah has bestowed this favor upon you, in the same way that He has reached out to you, in the same way that He had laid a path for you that you can walk back to Him, return the favor by reflecting His light and His beauty in this world. 
And he says, and desire not corruption in the land. Indeed, Allah does not like corruptors. When you corrupt the world, you're only corrupting yourself. You're only lowering yourself. You're taking your consciousness to a much lower state, which creates a big distance between you and Allah. It deviates you away from that journey, from that path back to the divine presence, the hereafter. So in a way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that this world is nothing but a means to return back, to remember. And a reminder that zuhd in this world begins inside, from which it can manifest externally. Now, Brother Hassan, we've had a few conversations on this very concept, the concept of zuhd. What from it resonates with you, and how can you relate to this very concept? A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa salatu wassalam ala ashraf al-mursaleen Sayyidina wa Nabiina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in I and we begin in the name of Allah Almighty and send blessings and peace upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi his companions and all of the Prophets of Allah and Messengers all of the guides the enlightened teachers we've been gifted with to help us understand and walk the path in Islam and in Islamic spirituality there's this concept this principle of zuhud this idea of zuhud there's no real word in English that can capture its essence but some words that could be used would be discipline restraint non-attachment perhaps even minimalism the essence of zuhud or to be zahid really is at the core and the essence of Islam. The practice of Zuhud was the way of the Prophet Muhammad He lived as a Zahid his entire life, and his companions likewise learned to adopt a lifestyle of divine balance. To truly be a Zahid is to recognize, like the holy verse of the Quran that we just read, that we are in this world as travelers, that we are not taking it with us, and that we're here for a time to use this as a means, as a wasila to Allah Almighty, to the Divine Presence. When the means, when the wasila becomes an end in itself, then it becomes a veil, then it becomes a barrier, then it fails to serve its purpose, and then the means becomes a burden, then it becomes a barrier to spiritual growth and development, and it begins to affect us spiritually. But if we can walk through this world as a Zahid, continually focused on the destination, the goal, continually maintaining our connection with Allah Almighty in everything we do, in every relationship, in every experience, then the journey itself and all the things within it becomes blessed. Like the Quran says, then they become a means to seeking our home in eternity. So to be a Zahid, to be a spiritual ascetic, which really is to be a Muslim, a believer, a Mu'min, a Muhsin, does not mean to renounce the world. It doesn't mean to reject the world, but what it means is to purify ourselves from attachment to the world and from becoming lost in the world itself. It means taking just what is necessary. So whether it's food or wealth or relationship, not falling into indulgence and excess, because that then becomes a veil. To never lose sight of the essence within any form, that is Zuhud. To see and relate to the essence within every form, that is Zuhud. To look beyond the form, to be not attached to the forms, to let go of 
attachment to form itself, that is zuhud. So the zahid, the Muslim, the believer, lives a life of control, of discipline, of restraint. And we're taught this through our spiritual practices. Fasting in particular helps us to understand the essence of zuhud, of restraint and refraining from excess and indulgence, taking just what is necessary. Unfortunately, most of us, when we fast, we do engage in indulgence and excess when it's time to break the fast. By doing so, we really lose the benefit of the fast. We really lose the benefit of the spiritual practice of fasting, the purification that would normally take place through that experience. The point that I'd like to emphasize at this stage in this discussion is that zuhud is an internal experience. It doesn't relate to the external experience so much as it does to the internal. A zahid, a spiritual ascetic, is not someone, again, who rejects or renounces the world and abandons it completely. He hasn't left the world. He's actually very much in the world, but he or she can be said to be not of the world. They're in the world, but free from attachment within that world, free from dependence and need in the world, because they're dependent truly and completely on Allah, on the eternal divine source. So zuhid is an internal, more so an internal experience. It's an internal state. It's an internal practice. The Muslim will eat, will marry, will acquire wealth, but it will not take place in his heart. And of course, this was the way in the example of the Holy Prophet And he continually emphasized this type of balance, this fine line, this sirat al-mustaqim, this straight path, to be in the world, yet not of the world. To be in this world and not of this world. SubhanAllah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in relation to the world said, What have I to do with worldly things? My connection with the world is like that of a traveler, resting for a while underneath the shade of a tree and then moving on. Alayhi salatu wasalam. The imagery, the essence of what he said is profound. He's reminding us that the journey, the entire journey, is infinite. And life is a point along that line, along that path. Zuhd is indeed internal. You know, sure the word itself could point to an asceticism that is practiced externally, but that doesn't mean that is what Allah wants from his servant, from his seeker. This reminds me of a story of a seeker and his guide. This seeker, this murid, has so much respect and admiration for his guide, for his sheikh. And one of the reasons was because of his apparent humility. He's very poor, and you could see that with the way he dressed, where he lived. And the sheikh told the seeker, I want you to go on a trip for me, and I want you to find my friend. His friend was also another guide, another sheikh. And I want you to give him something for me, but also make sure to come back with something. He has something for me, so please come back with that. So he, the seeker left on this trip and he arrived and he started asking people to point him in the direction of where this sheikh lived. And he arrived at his house, which, which apparently was a, a residence that is associated with royalty almost. You know, he knocked on the door and they told him that he's not here. He's dining with the king. So he went to the king, to the palace, to where that sheikh was, and they told him, he's busy right now. He can't see you because he's dining. You have to wait. 
So the seeker became frustrated. Why do I have to wait for somebody? First, he's living like royalty. He's dining with the king and he's making me wait. But he kept being patient. And finally, he met the sheikh and he told him, I have something for you from my guide. But you too have something for him. And this guy told the seeker, tell your sheikh to lose any attachments that he has for the world. Tell him to remove the dunya from his heart. This seeker wanted to react because he knows the state that his sheikh is in, where he lived and how he dressed and the fact that he was, he was very poor. But he didn't. He had a lot of respect and he said, we'll do. And he went back to his sheikh and his sheikh ran to him. He said, what did he tell you? And he looked confused. The seeker looked confused. He said, he wanted me to tell you to remove the dunya from your heart. I couldn't believe what he said. And then the sheikh told him, stop. He's right about everything that he said. The dunya is in my heart. And that is something that I have to overcome. Now this story is profound because we see two individuals, two sheikhs, two guides who are essentially murids, who are essentially seekers along that path as well. But you see one who has the world around him. He's in the world. And then you have the other who is, who has nothing of this world essentially. But one is not attached to the world and the other one is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks inside of the heart of the individual. He doesn't concern himself with what is seen with the physical eye. We as human beings who are walking on the path of Islamic spirituality, the path back to the divine, the path of the seeker, the murid, the one who seeks Allah, needs to behave in this manner. There were people that were present at the time of Muhammad who would have the world thrown at their feet. And that actually happened with the Prophet The world, the wealth, everything was thrown at their feet and they wouldn't flinch. It wouldn't move. It wouldn't change anything with respect to their internal state, their inner peace. And also the same way if something of this world was taken away from them even if the entire wealth that they had possessed was taken away from them they would react like they never had it in the first place that is a sign it is an indicator of spiritual asceticism in the heart of zuhud complete zuhud we are so attached and the essence the reason why we are so attached to this world because we depend on it there's a factor of dependence we seek careers Many of us have careers and we depend on this career for money, for income. But we lose focus of who is the true source, the true provider, the risk that has been determined. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate, He will provide. But the lack of certainty, the lack of yaqeen and the lack of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shifts the individual's focus from Allah to the world. One becomes dependent on the world thus becoming attached to it because he feels that this world is providing him with a sense of comfort or security or love and becomes forgetful, which is the opposite state of dhikr, of remembrance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling on us. We're on this path, we're on this journey and we have turning points in our lives where we feel like we have attained a station or have achieved a state of being, and we become confident. Some of us can say, I have reached a state of non-attachment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that from his seeker, but what he does is he creates another situation. He puts an obstacle in his path. 
not to deter him, but to make the seeker realize that there are higher stations, and also to test the individual. How pure, how real is that state? This really is an essential topic for us to be discussing and for really everybody to be discussing, especially in light of our modern materialist culture. Our culture conditions us into unconsciousness because there's a complete veiling of truth, a complete veiling of real value, of what is actually of value in this world. We are completely, we're constantly bombarded with messages and images that value and reality and truth and beauty and love is to be found in forms, in things of the physical world, whether it's uh, homes, cars, money, human body, whatever. But this is all an illusion because all forms will perish. All physical forms will perish. Cars, homes, bodies, they will all perish. None of that can be taken beyond the physical world, and they don't even last that long in the physical world. What's of real value is the essence of things, the soul of things, the spirit of things, the soul and spirit of human beings. Our culture conditions us that we are our bodies, our minds, and the most horrific, the most frightening thing is to age, is to die. So we're taught to do everything to prevent movement towards death movement towards any signs of aging. And of course, we advocate a healthy lifestyle because it's the right thing to do. But coming from a place of fear of death, fear of change, fear of losing form, is the wrong reason. This is why Islam places so much importance on transcending form, and why Islamic culture is based in transcending form-based consciousness, in shifting the focus to the essence of things, the spirit of things, most importantly, the souls of human beings. We're destroying the value of human beings when we condition ourselves to look at one another as physical forms. The results of not practicing zuhud, of not practicing spiritual asceticism, of not transcending form and attachment to form are indulgence and excess. And this always leads to misery and unhappiness. It always leads to the destruction of health, of wholeness. Now, it is our path to honor and to love and to respect the world and what is in it. To respect all of creation. It's from Allah's creation. He created it and with a divine purpose. Everything is to be valued, but we must transcend attachment to form. This is Zuhud. It's the transcendence of the attachment to the physical forms and recognizing the essence within. And by doing that, we're able to avoid the indulgence and excess that results when forms are made and end in themselves. Because the true sustenance, the true light, the true love comes from the spirit of things, the soul of things, from the essence within. If we don't recognize that, if we don't connect with that, it will never be enough. Whether it's food or relationship or wealth, it will never be enough. Yet the Zahid is able to take just what is necessary for survival, just what is necessary for health, without any tendency towards excess, without any extremism in, any, in anything, in any aspect of life, without loss of self, without loss of consciousness, without loss of awareness. Because at all times, the Zahid is connected to Allah. He's drawing, she's drawing, nourishment, sustenance, grace, light, power, energy from Allah's divine presence. So whether it's while eating, whether it's while being with one's beloved, whether it is while being with one's children, with friends, with family, whether it's in acquiring wealth, they are being nourished and sustained by Allah's light and Allah's presence. So there's no need to seek fulfillment, completion, in the world of form, in the world of illusion. Only can the spiritual seeker, only the truly developed spiritual human being is capable of real love even. 
because at a basic level of consciousness, it's really attachment to form. But true love, real love, is only possible beyond attachment to form, beyond identification with form. You can only truly love your children, your spouse, your family, your friends, when you can see beyond their forms, when you can be see beyond the illusion and connect with the reality within. True love is only possible beyond attachment. Again, attachment doesn't mean to not have, doesn't mean not to honor, doesn't mean to not experience, but it means to transcend the form, transcend the illusion, and to transcend egoism in every matter, to transcend egoism in every experience. We do this as Muslims, as believers, by bringing Allah into everything we do, and this was the way of the Prophet In every action, in everything he did, he brought the Allah into the experience, whether it was eating, whether it was walking, whether it was sitting, whether it was breathing, whether it was being with his beloved, he brought dhikrullah, the remembrance and awareness and consciousness and presence of Allah into every experience. And that then transforms everything. That then blesses everything. And then everything becomes a means to Allah's presence. Everything then becomes a pathway or a doorway, a portal into divine presence. When dhikrullah, when the remembrance and consciousness of the eternal, of the absolute is missing, those things then become veils, they become burdens, they become barriers, they become false idols and false gods that by necessity must fall at the core and essence of the way of the Muslim, of the believer, of the ascetic, of the Zahid is the recognition, the constant remembrance that we are moving through this world, we are moving through this life and the forms in this life will remain in this life, in this world. But we are moving beyond that. And the only thing that is real is what we take with us, the spirit, the essence, the soul, the light, the love. So there's no need to be too attached to any form. There's no need to control, to manipulate, to own, to possess. These are all forms of fear and attachment. In many ways, to be a Zahid, one has to be a warrior, a spiritual warrior in the world. And, and we go into this topic in a lot more detail in the Eternal Warrior Way program which really focuses on the cultivation of the character of an ascetic, a spiritual warrior, a spiritual seeker, when moving through this world with strength, with light, with divine presence, and with connection with the eternal. The way of the Zahid is to be content with just what is necessary, because it's enough to be satisfied with what's necessary, because it is sufficient, because it is healthy, because it is strengthening. Excess leads to weakness. Indulgence leads to weakness. It leads to disease. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. Take your nourishment from your practice, from your spiritual practice, from Allah's divine presence. So you don't have to seek it in the world of form. Then you come to the world of form filled, already, whole, complete, and you're able to give. You're not in a position of having to take. This then heals and blesses everything you do and everything you're involved in, every relationship, every experience. Because you're now no longer dependent on the world of form for fulfillment, for completion, for wholeness, for nourishment. You come to the world of form now able to give, able to nourish, able to sustain. The trap is when we seek what we need in the world of form from form, we become dependent on form, we lose our connection with Allah. So in every aspect of life, be mindful of falling into excess, of falling into indulgence, of falling into dependence, of falling into attachment. Prune away that attachment with your spiritual practice, with dhikrullah, with presence, with dhikr, with meditation. Keep coming back to your practice. Keep coming back to stillness, to pure being, to being with Allah. That will nourish your soul in 15 or 20 minutes 
in a way that nothing can. Remembrance Vicar has a place in the heart, in the soul of Islam. It is beyond just remembering Allah on the tongue. It truly involves the constant awareness of His reality, of His truth and His light. And the absence of zuhd, or the presence of attachment in the heart, is a sign of the lack of the awareness of the divine. Look at our global community. Look at the state of the ummah today, right now. Look at us as a Muslim people. Look at us during khutbah, during the Friday sermon. Look around, look at your brothers and sisters, and look at yourself. We all seem to be very attached with the world. And we are so worried. We are so concerned with events that could or could not take place in the future. Our thoughts are filled with so many what-ifs, fantasies, that are all attached with this world. This world. What is this world? One way to get a better understanding of what Zuhd is, or rather to apply Zuhd, is to belittle this world, to realize its real magnitude with respect to the reality. Physics proves that this entire universe came from a point of nothingness called the singularity. This world is nothing. It is a bridge that we are meant to walk on for a short period of time. The heart of the human being has many realities, many levels beyond the physical. We've mentioned this in previous episodes, but it is very important to reinforce the reality of the heart. We know that the heart was created with shahwat, shubuhat, and the himma. But the first two, Allah gave us passions. He gave us desires. And imagine those two as doors to your own heart, your own spiritual heart. The lack of certainty, the lack of yaqeen, the lack of trust in Allah and the lack of awareness strengthens your ego, consciousness, to lower itself to the lowest state, which is known as the commanding self, al-nafsul amara. And when our ego consciousness is in this state, what it does is it directs the heart. And what happens is it points it towards the world. So imagine your heart with the doors of the passions and desires wide open, pointed towards the world. Over time, your heart becomes a home for attachment, for dunya. When we feel depression, anxiety, fear, know that these are all side effects of what is inside your heart. When you connect your passions and your desires to this world, when you chase this world, and you feed your heart from this world, you become detached from the divine reality. You become far away from Allah. You become anxious, you become fearful. However, if you purify yourself and you ask for Allah's strength and wisdom and light, and you introduce discipline, self-control, and constant awareness of Allah, then yourself begins to ascend and transcend. And in that state, when the mind, the consciousness, the ego, the nafs, ascends, 
you become in control. And when you are in control of your mind, then you can point your heart towards the real source, towards the real nourishment. And then your passions and desires are then not connected with this world, but rather connected with what is real. You end up using those doors as a means to reflect His light and beauty. In that state, Allah introduces meaning to your friendships, to companionship. He gives life. In your career, you feel alive, you feel happy. You begin to see the diseases of the heart, such as fear, gluttony, greed. So when we practice zuhd, when we practice spiritual asceticism on this spiritual path, essentially what we're doing is we are purifying ourselves with constant awareness of the divine and allowing the light of Allah to flow through us, to fill our being. Our perception of the world changes in that state. We see our lives, our careers, our families, our relationships, and everything else as a means to do what is possible, to do what is best in this world so that every action manifests itself as pure light that will allow you to travel over the Sirat al-Mustaqim into His Divine Presence. Allah Almighty set us on this journey. He set us on this path. He brought us into this world and into this creation. Will He not provide what we need at each stage of this journey if we but surrender and believe? He who is most merciful, most compassionate, most loving, most kind, most generous, the provider, will He not provide for us at every stage of the journey? Jalaluddin Rumi, the great poet, wrote, He who brought me here will have to take me home, affirming his total dependence upon Allah Almighty for guidance, for nourishment, for everything required for the journey, for the travel. There's no need to act and operate out of fear. Indulgence, excess, hoarding, overconsumption, these are a result of not being connected to our source, of not being connected to Allah at each stage of the way. Stay connected with your source, with Allah, the provider, the sustainer, the cherisher, and what you need at each stage will be provided for you. It will flow to you. Surrender. Relax. There's no need to live out of fear. There's no need to live in fear. There's no need for fear, stress, tension, anxiety, worry. Know that you have a loving Lord who is providing and has been providing for you always. Do your part and trust in Allah and relax. Know with certainty that when you worry, your worrisome is attached with something, attached with something in the future or the past. You're either worried about something that happened before or something that hasn't happened yet. Risk is essentially from this world. It comes in many forms. Usually we associate that with money, but a degree, a wife, children, many of those things are rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's been set for us to give us peace of mind on this journey. There was a time in the Muslim Ummah when a community was doing poor economically and they would see very severe practices. There was this man who would dig up graves in the middle of the night and take what the people were wrapped with and sell it for money. And later on in his life, he repented. And he was in a circle of a great imam and scholar known as Abul Yazid al-Bastami. 
And these people approached this man who used to dig up graves and they told him, what was the strangest thing you've seen in this profession that you had for a while? And he said, well, I dug up around a thousand graves and almost 900 of them. The people were turned away from the direction of the Qibla. This story sends chills down my spine when I think about it. Now, the people looked at Imam Abil Yazid al-Bustami and asked him, why do you think that happened to those people? And he said that that is a sign of the doubt that they had in their hearts in Allah, that he will not provide for them. A lack of trust in Allah equals doubt, equals a lack of awareness, of not being in a state of dhikr and remembrance, which means that the heart is busy with the world. If zuhud can be truly implemented, if that station could be attained, you will see beauty and happiness reflect from within into this world. Let us not be amongst those people who doubt Allah, have complete trust in Him. He will provide, He will take care of you. He is in control of this universe. He gave it its laws. He set it in motion. He gave you your spirit and He caused your heart to beat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control. Surrender the same way you surrender when you go into the ocean. Let go and have complete trust in Him. Abu Sulaiman al-Darani said that when it comes to zuhud, to him, it was leaving behind what was causing the individual to not have awareness of Allah. Al-Junaid said that al-zuhud is realizing the reality of this world and what it really is, which is nothing, and removing any traces of the world from the heart. Again, everything, this concept of zuhud, many of the concepts that we mentioned previously in other episodes, all point towards the heart, towards the soul, towards the inside, the essence, what really matters, the purpose. We as a global community, Muslim and non-Muslim, are concerned and have built a very strong relationship with the physical with material things. If we expect to see any change in the world, to see the end of wars and poverty and corruption, we as human beings, as spiritual human beings, must use zuhd to cleanse our hearts, to detach the heart from the physical world and open its doors for the light of the divine, for his truth and his knowledge and his wisdom to come inside. Your heart is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once we truly believe that, once that reality is engraved in our beings, and it is, how can we then allow for this world to occupy our hearts? Zuhud was the way of the Prophet sallallahu And like the Prophet, always focus on eternity. Don't allow the world to become the end or the destination. Don't allow forms to become ends in themselves. Anything of this world to become an end in itself. Use it as a means to awareness, to presence, to remembrance, to gratitude. Failing to do this is why most people in the world are unhappy, because they're literally building their home on a crumbling bank. By necessity, it will collapse.
Yet with divine support, anything, any structure can stand so long as it serves its purpose, supporting one's spiritual development and strengthening one's connection with their source, with Allah Almighty. Your true home is beyond the physical world. Take what is necessary and keep moving forward. And this brings us to the end of another episode. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cleanse our hearts and make it a home for the light of the words of La ilaha illallah. Thank you again for joining us with another episode of Soul of Islam Radio. If this is the first episode you're plugging into, be sure to check out some of the other episodes. May Allah Almighty continue to inspire all of our hearts and souls and our actions, our intentions, so that we can continue to develop and grow and evolve as a community, moving towards the excellence, the perfection, the awareness, the consciousness, the spiritual development that Islam calls us towards that the way of the Prophet Muhammad calls us towards. May Allah's support and divine blessings be with you, His protection, His light, and with your loved ones. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Allahumma ameen. Alhamdulillah, and thank you again for tuning in. To continue supporting the Soul of Islam radio, please do the following. Like our page on facebook.com forward slash soul of Islam radio. Make sure to subscribe. Please give us a review and a rating uh, in iTunes or any service you may come across. And please recommend to your family and friends. Make sure to visit our website at soulofislamradio.com. There you will find a link to a free multimedia mini course to help you rediscover the spiritual dimension of Islam. You'll also find subscription links to services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn links to our personal blogs and social media profiles and a form for you the listeners to send us feedback and or suggestions for future episodes to learn more about becoming a spiritual aesthetic a spiritual warrior please visit eternalwarriorway.com and to help you achieve a state of stillness and meditation and remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala please visit islamicmeditation.com. And with that, may the peace and the mercy and the blessings of Allah be upon you all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.